Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of Small Talk with Big Al. I am your host, Big Al, here with one of your favorite guests, Mr. John B. What's going on, people? So, John and I had one heck of a weekend. Uh, it was insane. And it was insane because for three consecutive days, we spent all day, almost all day, every day, doing what, John? Uh, doing any and everything wrestling related. That's right. Because what weekend was it, John? It was WrestleMania weekend. So for those of you that are not wrestling fans out there in the Small Talk with Big Al universe, WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of wrestling, of the WWE specifically. Um, and what makes it kind of interesting, what's become a culture around it, is the week preceding WrestleMania and really starting to bleed into the week after. It's just in a week of events. Um, that the WWE puts on, but also that other companies come into the area to put on. Because if 80,000 wrestling fans are going to descend on a city, they need something to do the whole weekend. Why not cram it full of more wrestling shows? Uh, yeah, all wrestling, all the time. Uh, these cities are usually just engulfed by all wrestling promotions, wrestling-affiliated uh, podcasts, news outlets... Um, they basically take over these areas, and it is all wrestling all the time. And it is awesome. It's tiring, drains you, and because uh, we found that out firsthand last year when it was in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, I think there were something like 30 to 40 wrestling shows over the course of the weekend, um, or of Mania Week itself. And I know, personally, I did two of the shows, and that was enough. And you did even more than that. I, I did... Wrestling, I did two, three, four, four wrestling events, mm -hmm. and then some wrestling associated things. Like that, cons and stuff. Yes, the wrestle cons are in access that also had wrestling happening at them That's as right. well. That's right. So it was a lot of wrestling. So you're just infiltrated with it. So this particular weekend, we took part in three different shows. Two WWE related and one not. <laughs> I apologize for some occasional coughs. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of start laying the land. We'll go into each show, kind of give you the highlights, the lowlights, um, and then just discuss the weekend as a whole with maybe some specific closing questions. So it all starts with Friday night with what is, I guess you would call WWE's Farm League. NXT. Yeah, um, like they're minors, yeah. Yeah, NXT started as a number of different smaller organizations that WWE was affiliated, Florida Championship Wrestling in particular. Um, it evolved into what is now NXT, um, where a lot of current WWE stars got their start or went through after they left another promotion. Guys like Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, Drew McIntyre, I mean, some of the creme de la creme of uh, today's WWE title scenes started in NXT. Yeah. Um, so we got to see some of who may be the, that in the future. Like, who next year may be headlining WrestleMania. We might have seen him. And with one of those guys, it's probably a pretty good shot that he might WrestleMania headline one day. I think, uh, I think yeah, there's, there's a few people that'll, yeah, for sure. that'll be in the mix just for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a, a pretty great event. Um, when we say we'll give you the highlights and lowlights, that's the beauty of NXT. Not really any lowlights. No, not this um, year. There were, what, five matches? Uh, let's see. I think there were, yeah, there were five matches. Five matches and not a stinker amongst them. Um, the women's match wasn't the best. 
It got if you had to, if you had to put a match at the bottom, it was the women's match. But in comparison to previous takeover women's matches, it was actually pretty good. I would say so. I would say so. So we got to see some pretty incredible stuff, and I just want to point out a couple things that even non-wrestling fans might would enjoy or find interesting about NXT in particular. Um, to me, I think part of it would possibly be just watching uh, impressive feats of athleticism. Um, I think that's something that anyone can appreciate when you see Jordan take off from the free throw line and doing the dunk. That's impressive. When you see, you know, Earl Campbell flatlining folks as he heads toward the end zone, that's impressive. And when you see Hanson doing cartwheels to avoid elbow strikes, it's impressive. Now Hanson is a big individual, that's why it's impressive. He he he's about he's about three hundo. Um and he is moving like a guy, you know, half his size. Half his size. He's doing it basically effortlessly. So NXT is always your your showcase. It's it's because you these guys they're these guys are hungry. Like yeah, some of them are some of them are new and getting getting built up, getting farmed up. Some of these guys are just some some independent journeymen that are just happy to be on the biggest stage. Being the WWE, and they want to get to the to the top of the pyramid, which is the main roster. So they're going all out in NXT, and they're showing, hey, I've got the chops to be here and beyond. So that 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 kind of that contrast uh, is pretty good when these matches are put together. To to specify, Hanson is six two three zero five, so Damn. he is an NFL defensive tackle doing cartwheels, moonsaults everything else uh backwards flips handstands all that yeah it's impressive uh and just to kind of piggyback on what john was saying to kind of explain nxt a little bit more thoroughly um is some of these guys coming through are season season vets who have done great things in other places but wrestling in wwe is not wrestling like wrestling in other places so you have to kind of be trained in that style um it's a more theatrical style. It's not as hard hitting as uh say New Japan. Not as or, not as many risks. Right. Not as many risks to particular body areas. Like the head is usually protected, the neck is usually very much protected. So. Um some moves are just flat out banned. Mm-hmm. I mean pile drivers essentially have been banned. Except aside. for one person. Who? Undertaker. Oh, well, the Tombstone. Yeah, yeah good point. Um, and they've started bringing back the Canadian Destroyer, which is a flipping pile driver. Highly recommend you look it up. It looks very cool when done. But that actually kind of disperses some of the impact. Yeah. Because it's not a straight drop on your head. The, the flip kind of um, slows things down a bit to make it a little less dangerous. Um, but they've only let certain people do that in WWE. I mean, Andrade, Rey, um, Rey Mysterio, for those of you old school wrestling fans, he's back. Um, Booyaka. And, Booyaka. And maybe a few others. Um, so, yeah, watching Hanson do what Hanson does is quite impressive um, and something I think anyone would be able to appreciate. Um, and they were able to retain their tag team titles, and the a, War Raiders, a, as they are called. Yeah, the War Raiders, and a very impressive opening Absolutely. match for the, for the event versus two very good singles guys in Ricochet uh, and Alistair Black. Black. Alistair Black is a metalhead's dream come true in wrestling. Um, with some very good striking ability, which is very good. But really, if you want to watch a spectacle, watch a ricochet match. Because, man, I don't know how he makes his body do the things it does. 
um, six fifth. I mean, just all kind of flip based stuff. It's uh, it's the insane. Six thirty, all kinds of all kinds of flippy stuff. Uh, he's a smaller he's a smaller guy. Technically, I mean, he's under two hundred pounds. Is he under two hundred? Or he's he's like a two hundred five. It's very. I'm about to say very light. If he's not. A, he's a very old. light yeah. kind of guy, but he is jacked, and he can do some mesmerizing athletic moves. You were correct. One eighty eight. Five nine one eighty eight. I thought he was a little bit bigger than that. Um, but f- absolutely phenomenal with the things he can do in the ring. Um, and there were some other really good matches, but then we got to John's favorite part of the night. The main event. One of his favorite wrestlers in wrestling today, I would venture to say. And that would be uh I think his name's Adam Cole. Baby. Adam Cole. Baby. Adam Cole. Baby. Okay. So Adam Cole is truthfully, and I've said this before, and I've heard other people start to mention it, the second coming of Shawn Michaels. He is charismatic, smaller, but such a phenomenal wrestler. Um, and he took on a guy nicknamed Johnny Wrestling, one Johnny Gargano, who is essentially like Daniel Bryan reborn. He is Daniel Bryan reborn. I guess the past three, he, the past, I guess he's three years yeah. now. I would say four, so. Almost four, three to four years. He's been killing it uh, in the NXT side. Um, he has just been a very refreshing shot of energy for just wrestling in general he's also a smaller guy he is but he is able to convey just a a will to never give up yeah as a match is going on and he can get a crowd behind him without saying a word and and really on the opposite side of the ring with with cole baby uh we had just just this charismatic, over-the-top performer. Um, plays this arrogant, cocky heel, but is so, so good in the ring and has visited other big-name promotions. Um, for those of you in the wrestling world, he was a key part of Ring of Honor. He was a key part in uh, New Japan for a while. was a part of the Bullet Club for a little while um, before he was killed, before he was tragically killed. Um, mm. So the ghost of Adam Cole was actually what we were watching, yep. for those of you in on the joke. Amen. Um but he, he really is, uh, to, to an extent, you could see this as almost a minor league uh, Michael's Hart yeah. kind of situation. Yeah, I can see Technical that. expertise in, in Gargano and your showman, your, your showstopper, your main event in, in Adam Cole. Um, overall, scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the NXT show? Uh, the NXT show, I'm giving it, I'm giving it strong... Strong marks all the way. The only thing I would take off of it would be um, the women's match had just a couple low areas. I was yep. not personally a fan of the winner of the women's match, but it is what it is. That yep. kind of knocks it down for me personally. But overall, very, very very strong show, very strong showing. I'm giving, I'm giving it somewhere between that eight, eight and nine range. I would 10. say so. Uh, there were several big name wrestling reviewers who said it's potentially the greatest show or the greatest NXT event that has occurred. Um, I know Mania last year's uh, Takeover New Orleans was really highly rated as well. Takeover New Orleans was highly rated. Takeover Houston um, in 2017, okay, 2018, whichever one was the the first Gargano. Uh, uh, which, which was uh, excuse me it was uh, War Games yeah first it was War oh, Games yeah, with Undisputed yeah. Era 
Um, that one, that one's up there too. Yeah, and then um, and, and that too, too. Speaking of that though, and it made me think when we were kind of talking there, the the ending of the show when Gargano, this guy who has bled NXT for the past you know half a decade, um, finally wins the world title, and the guy who had to give it up because he was injured, legit injured, and career may be over from some of the reports we've Maybe. read. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who is another phenomenal wrestler in his own right. Him and Gargano were tag team partners. They did this big storyline where Ciampa turned on Gargano, etc. Um, came out to celebrate with with uh, Gargano, and it was truly a heartwarming moment um, to see two guys who quote unquote hated each other, you know, uh, actually get to be real, which you get to see more of now in wrestling. To yeah, be I fair. think that I think the veil's kind of been taken back oh, for a sure. little bit from say when we were when we were kids, or even way back before even as much televised wrestling as there is now, like what you saw, what you saw was what you thought the person was. Yeah. Like you thought like Steve Austin was a guy that Absolutely. just all the time just ran around giving people middle fingers and drinking beer. He probably did. I thought I was going to do that to my boss when but, I got up to be older. Like I thought that was going to be walking, like when I was teaching, walk into school, stunner the superintendent. And just keep going. A couple of middle fingers and then teach my class. Like, But then you realize, oh, these guys are just regular guys and they're, and they're, Characters. It's just kind of them turned to 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, that's how Austin said he really developed the Stone Cold persona, was to take his uh, character and turn it up to 11 or 12, his natural persona. Um, but yeah, even back in the old days, it was down to the point where good guys and bad guys could not be caught riding in the car together. Like, that was a borderline fireable offense in the late 80s or early 90s. Yeah, you couldn't even, you couldn't even go eat lunch or dinner out and be like, yeah, you guys are feuding. I watched you hit him with a chair be, last night. It could be your best friend, but it wasn't going to happen. Like, Stone Cold and The Rock were not traveling together. And that veil started to be pulled back in the late, in the early 2000s. But now, it's with the advent of social media and the social rest, media, it, it almost doesn't reality, exist. TV, like, it's, it's all, it, it's, they're, they're doing a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The veil almost doesn't exist anymore. So it's it's kind of interesting to watch it from that perspective as well. Plus, it allows you to get kind of closer to the performers and make a closer bond with a lot of the wrestlers. So then Saturday uh, was something completely different. So in WWE, there is a independent promotion who has had some truly stalwart wrestlers come through it. Um, they're starting to lose some of that now. It looks like they might be getting desperate for star power, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, it's kind of a low point for them, it's, literally. Yeah, and for two reasons, like on two different sides of the coin. But they're Ring of Honor. Uh, Daniel Bryan came through Ring of Honor. Seth Rollins was in Ring of AJ Honor. AJ Styles. AJ Styles Adam was Ring Cole, of Honor. Baby. Yeah. All these guys were Ring of Honor, and, and it built up a reputation because of that. And this is not the first time they've done a joint show with New Japan Pro Wrestling, who is basically the WWE of Japan. And truly great wrestlers have come through that as well, including Finn Balor, AJ Styles again. Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura has come through there, and they're constantly signing, uh, WWE is constantly signing more and more New Japan stars. Although, what they do with some of them once they get them is kind of sad. It's um, called Buried. And they're, uh, the WWE is doing it strictly to uh, hoard talent away from their competitors, um, specifically one that's upcoming that we may... I doubt we touch on too much today. We may do another podcast one day um, kind of on the state of wrestling today and how all elite wrestling plays into that. Yeah, we can uh, do that. But that, that would make us run a little long today, to be honest, um, because that's a whole other bag. Um, but Vince likes to hoard the talent even if he's not going to use it. Um, and that has kind of been the case with a lot of New Japan stars. Finn may be the only one that's been not totally in AJ. 
Um, AJ Styles and Finn may be the only two that haven't been completely buried in one way or another. Yeah, uh, um, Nakamura had had a title run. He's had he's had a couple shots, um, but for his his ceiling has been kind of he's been misused. He's been misused. Um, now there's reports that that Nakamura came to WWE knowing that might be the case, but just wanting a lighter schedule and a lighter uh, fighting style. Yeah, because um, New Japan is a little uh, stiffer. Is the WWE is the wrestling term for that? Uh, as far as like, that means, they hit harder. Hit harder. Everything's not as taken care of as it is in the WWE, so to speak. Um, but the really the worst example has to be the club. Um, oh, the Gallows club is Anderson. completely, completely misused. I mean, Anderson was in the IWGP title hunt, which is New Japan's top title uh, when he was there, and now he's a jobber on a jobber tag team which is uh, even worse than being a normal jobber yeah he's on a jobber tag team whose only accomplishments include calling people nerds they were tag champs for a little while once yeah that was it though maybe twice probably just to make AJ happy but yeah that fell by the wayside too so anyway we we tune in for New Japan and Ring of Honor doing a joint show uh, New Japan's big Wrestlemania-esque show every year is called the G1 Climax um or one of well, they got the G one. Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom is Wrestle their Kingdom WrestleMania. is that's true, that's true. But G one is a massive tournament that leads into Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Um, and then New uh, Ring of Honor's usual show around this time that's their big show of the year is the SuperCard. Yeah. Um, so this year we had the G one SuperCard because it was a joint show between the two, and what that led to was some badass wrestling. Absolutely. Um, you get less of the spectacle, less of the show that you may get in WWE. But, man, do you get the in-ring product with some great guys that a lot of American audiences may or may not be privy to. If you're a borderline wrestling fan right now, there's some names that you need to know and go watch that you probably haven't heard of yet. Like Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Jeff Cobb, uh, Tanahashi. Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi. Naito. Okada. Okada. Kazuchika Okada may be the best wrestler in the world today. Yes. Jay White, Switchblade Jay White, who I think really solidified himself in our friend group with his showing here. Um, And, of course, my boy, the villain. Whoop, whoop. My boy, Marty Skrull, um, who did not have the greatest of nights. But we'll get there. So, what were your thoughts? Because you did not do New Japan uh, or Ring of Honor show with us last year. You were at TakeOver. Because last year they happened on the same night. That, was, that is correct. So, really, in a, especially in a group setting, one of your first... I know we've watched some New Japan Ring of Honor stuff before, but your first like mass experience with the product. Thoughts? I enjoyed it. Um, uh, it the, the A lot of the theatricality of WWE is... is it's, it's fun. It's entertaining. But sometimes you just want you just want to see some good stuff in the ring. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And the, the quality mm-hmm. of stuff in the ring is just fantastic. Like, I think that was looks like my uh, my first either my first or second full Osprey match. That was like my 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 chance to really see Kota Ibushi. Um, yeah. Because my only other experience was watching All In, and he was tagging with. Uh, yeah, Kenny that's Omega right, that's right. in that match. So this is my first solo Kota Ibushi. Dude can do can go. Yeah. Um, love Naito. Like yeah. I, I, I just I just kind of latched on to Naito. He he his persona and character design is is intriguing to me. So he's one of my favorites. But the show 
of of, of itself was good. It still had story elements that yeah. that were entertaining. One of them, which we thought was a mistake, but is a work, which is kind of upsetting. Oh man! But um, yeah, we'll get to that. So uh, just to comment on Naito for a second, for a happy moment, for those of you that uh, don't know New Japan and their stars, Naito was a guy who was pushed really hard early in his career. It's kind of this typical good guy, yada yada. Um, and flopped to an extent. Fans didn't accept it, yada, yada. And I don't know if you even know the story about Naito. I do. Um, and then they kind of shifted him to his personality being one of a guy who just does not give a shit. He won a lesser New Japan title, and he would come to the ring dragging the belt. He would chunk it in the ring. He would just throw it around. Did he throw it in the like trash He did, he did. Just acted kind of like a prick the whole time. Um, but he pulled it off, and now he's you know rising to new heights. Um in, in New Japan, which is great to see. So that's always good. Um, so, yeah, and then the, the event John's talked about is kind of unfortunate because of other things that happened that night. So as a, a quick, like, jump over back to WWE, on Saturday night they did their Hall of Fame ceremony. And we got reports while we were watching New Japan that a fan had jumped on stage to tackle... Bret Hart during the Hart Foundation's acceptance of their uh, their award. Of course, the second half of the Hart Foundation no longer being with us, Jim the Animal Nightheart. His daughter was on stage, Natalia, who's a current WWE wrestler, um, and they were accepting the award. And the fan jumped on stage and tackled Bret Hart. Um, and then unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, because the dude was obviously a prick if he did that, he got caught by a lot of wrestlers. Very quickly. Now, wrestling, I, I take umbrage with the term fake. But wrestling is not a, uh, I don't know the way to put it. It's like choreographed it's, and planned. It's predetermined. But you still have to have physical ability. But those guys, those muscles ain't fake. Like, those are strong guys, and some of whom who have fighting backgrounds and can go. So unfortunately for this guy, the first guy that got to him was Ronda Rousey's husband. Six foot seven, Jason, whatever his last name is, um, who proceeded to beat the shit out of him. And then what we called on Cam afterwards was as he was being carried away, a uh, tag team in WWE called The Revival, one of their wrestlers, Dash uh, Wilder. Dash Wilder. You could see him looking around to make sure no one was looking and then just started sucker punching the hell out of this poor guy. Excuse me, it's Travis Brown is uh, Ronda Rousey's husband who did that. So, yeah. Cut to New Japan, Ring of Honor. There's a four-way tag match for the both tag team titles, um, Ring of Honors and uh, New Japan's, between the Briscoes, Briscoes, who are basically like inbred rednecks from Delaware. Missing teeth. Missing teeth and everything. Um, then there is uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, who are part of the, uh, the Bullet Club. The Tongas, Tamatanga and, and Tongaloa. Um, and then there was, I'm trying to remember who I'm blanking on. Oh, there was Villain Enterprises, which was uh, PCO. Who was like a fifty-year-old guy that does shit that no fifty-year-old man should PCO, be doing? PCO is the high point. PCO is a badass, <laughs> and uh, what's the? I forget the other guy's name. I'm blanking on it right now, but he's a badass too. Like he's a young up-and-comer uh, that I think has some opportunity. Um, but I shouldn't be blanking on his name because they're aligned with my favorite wrestler, Marty Skrull. So I should remember his name, but I don't at the moment. And who was the fourth team? Oh, um, Evil and Sonata. Yeah, who Evil are two uh, New Japan wrestlers. Well, the winners of the match ended up being Gorillas of Destiny. And as they are coming up the stage after having won the match, there's a commotion at ringside. And the cameras don't go down there, and there's an extended pause. So we thought that it was, again, two fans jumping the stage 
to uh, get attacked by wrestlers because we saw the Briscoes laying into whoever it was that jumped over the, the railing. Then we start to hear reports that it was former WWE wrestler, accused rapist, and all-around douchebag Enzo Amore. A.K.A. real one. And his former partner in crime, Big Cass. Then those rumors came out to be true. That those were the two people who jumped the barricade and got their asses beat. We got photo. We got photo proof confirming yes. that it was both of them. Um, and Enzo has shown up at other shows before and made spectacles of himself in the crowd to get attention. He showed up either. He was either at a Raw or oh, a, it was a pay per view. It might have been a Survivor Series. It was, it was a pay per view. Whatever it some, was, it was it was ever one was in L.A. Yeah, and, and he was in the front and he was trying to. He was trying to get the crowd to do his previous, you know, like promo, promo that he did that they and they weren't to. having it, and uh, he got tackled by some security guards. Yep. Um, well, then we started joking around about man, good thing this isn't a work, um, a which work, means planned. A, a work means pre-planned. A shoot means not pre-planned. Um, and then we started to get reports that oh wait, it's a work because they've been hired by Ring of Honor, which really does kind of mark a low point. When you're signing two guys that admittedly in the ring, not that great. Um, in come, hindsight, they they aren't that great. I will I will take on. You had ownership. Your dark, you had some dark days with them. I will take ownership that I I wanted them to succeed in WWE. I wanted them to be tag champs. They were entertaining not, for a while. Not two WrestleManias ago. Yeah. I wanted them to win. You were quite heartbroken when they storyline broke up as a tag team. Yes, I was. But I'm, I'm, I'm better now. I've yeah. seen the light. Uh, and to, to just harp on uh, Enzo's douchebagginess. I know we're kind of all over the place right now, but just talking about stuff as we think about it. Um, when they were on a tour of Europe one time with WWE, uh, Enzo got kicked off the bus and had to procure his own travel the rest of the way. Uh, who was he kicked off by, John? The big dog. The big dog. Roman Reigns. Um, who backstage is apparently an actual like true leader and good guy. That's what big dogs do. I guess. So, anyway, the the night ended with the new leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White. Well, actually, before we get there, there was a triple threat tag match. Matt Taven, who's a funny guy. We saw a tag match. We saw him. I said triple threat match. You said triple threat tag match. Oh, my bad. Triple threat ladder match. There you go. I meant to say. So, he, uh, Matt Taven, last year at the Ring of Honor show that we went to was, for the majority of the evening, outside on top of a van screaming at fans. Um, calling them names and also trading them a kingdom shirt, which is his group. Um, if you gave them your bullet club shirt, uh, cut to this year, he's got a world title match for ring of honor along with ring of honor legend, Jay lethal Just wrestling legend, wrestling now. legend at this point, Jay lethal and my aforementioned favorite wrestler, the villain, Marty Skrull. Uh, I thought this might be Marty's time. We know he's fixing to leave. To go join All Elite Wrestling with his friends, the new, the Young Bucks and, the and Kenny Omega and the rest of the guys. Uh, we know that's coming, but yes. I thought maybe as a thank you to Marty. They would give him a title. They'd give him a one, two, three week, one month title reign. You know, it's a tel- they, they're a televised brand, so you know, it's been a exactly. month. You know. Exactly. That didn't happen. Nope. Uh, Marty didn't get that. Uh, he did say there was a point that he almost crapped his pants. On top of the ladder. When he put Jay Lethal on the chicken, crossface chicken wing on top of the ladder. He said that was a little scary. I'd be scared. Uh, yeah, they were kind of high up there. Uh, Matt Taven brings out a purple ladder, climbs it, wins, which is great for Matt Taven. He's kind of really is kind of an up-and-coming star 
in Ring of Honor and somebody that they may can hopefully build around him and maybe Jeff Cobb um, in the future. But unfortunate for my favorite wrestler. And then we get to the main event. Uh, former or current leader of Bullet Club, Jay White. Um, Switchblade. Switchblade, Jay White. Who has basically been carrying out the storyline that they had planned for, uh, for uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega left to join his friends in All Elite, the group we keep talking about that we'll do a show on eventually, um, leaving them without a a guy to play leader leader and bad guy to Kazuchika Okada, truthfully, who may be the greatest wrestler in the world. It's just it's like, him, Kenny, or AJ. Like I think it's like Okada or Omega, and like and AJ's like clearly third. You think so? You think yeah. he's that far behind him? I think Finn might be up there. We just don't get to see it as much because he's in WWE now. Yeah. Um, and they have less emphasis on on that aspect of wrestling, which was what, it turned out to be a great match. Yeah. Um, Okada wins the IWGP title for like the fifth time, I believe they said. Yeah, fifth or sixth. Fifth or sixth uh, time. Um, well deserved. One of the greatest wrestlers. Uh, probably will go down in history as one of the greatest wrestlers Rain of all time. Rainmaker. The Rainmaker. His uh, finisher is absolutely phenomenal. It's like a sp- he spins you before he clotheslines the shit out your ass. Um, it's really cool. So overall rating one through ten of. G1 Supercard. Uh, just not being as familiar with the yeah. talent, you know. It, Which does take away from it. It does take it away does. from it, but solid. Still yeah. solid. I'll still probably give it, it's above average, so I would still give it maybe that, that 6 to 7 range. I, I was going to say the same. Well, 6 to a 7 if Marty had won a 10. Um, but, <laughs> but Marty did not win, so no 10 for uh, for a G1 Supercard. And then Sunday. 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 The granddaddy of them all. The granddaddy of them all. WrestleMania 35. All 27 hours of it. Whew. That was a grind. So, no joke, the pre-show for Mania started at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. The show ended, what, 11, 11.30? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was borderline seven hours. Seven plus. 17 matches. For this show. 17 total matches. Some on the pre-card. Some on the actual show. Uh, but. A great mania. It, it has been. It was one of the better manias of the past few years. I think it's probably in. Firmly in the tier two of manias. But in the upper tier two. Yeah. Of manias yeah. all time. Um, so. Just to dive into the show a bit. You got a little bit of hilarity in the pre-show. Um, with the men's rumble or with the men's battle, battle royal, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, um, highlighted by one Braun Strowman, who if you do not know who Braun Strowman is, I highly recommend you look up this mass of muscle. Big scary man. Uh, used to be a uh, strongman competitor, now turned wrestler, really uh, improved in the ring, pretty good on the mic, intimidating as shit. Um, and he's had an ongoing issue with uh, Colin Jost, Colin Jost, and, and Michael, Michael Shea of Saturday Night, of Saturday Night, Night Live. So the whole battle royal was based around them eventually conflicting with one another. Um, Michael Shea takes a pretty good punch, um, obviously a staged punch, but it looked pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, he sold it pretty he well. He sold well. And then Jost gets tossed over the top into the waiting hands of other wrestlers. How convenient um, to for Braun to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, the other highlight, uh, to an extent, I would say highlight, I think it's a highlight, of the pre-show was the win. The ending of the uh, losing streak for one Kurt Hawkins. His first win in WWE. In 240-something matches. 
uh, Kurt Hawkins, phenomenal uh, lifelong jobber, teamed up with Zack Ryder, who has Woo. turned into a jobber. Woo. Um, and they wrestled The Revival, whose entire gimmick is like bringing wrestling back to the basics kind they of are, thing. They, they build themselves as top guys. Matt technicians, that whole kind of thing. Um, and it was it was a really, it was a good match. It was. Hawkins won with a roll-up, which is what you would expect from Hawkins, um, but a good showing nonetheless. Roll-ups are, roll are, for those that don't know, roll-ups are uh, the kind of bridge between these people that say, like, I'm clearly better than you, there's no way you're going to beat me, and then your your underdog story, basically, they it's like stealing a win. It is. But it is. in Kurt Hawkins' case, he doesn't have any wins. So that's how he wins. That's how he. That's how he wins. Period. And whether he won by roll up or not, guess who's got a title belt? Kurt Hawkins has a Kurt title belt. Mofo and Hawkins does. He's um, got two wins now. While exactly. we recorded that, because they won on Raw. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. They had a rematch and they won too. So, the, and the, of course, the, the the premise there being most likely that Revival are leaving to go to. All Elite Wrestling. Wrestling. So, the real show starts then. The main card of the show starts. And there are some truly great matches. The Unexpected starts the show. So, there's been three heavily billed matches for this show. Uh, One being Kofi Kingston wrestling Daniel Bryan. The new Daniel Bryan. The new Daniel Bryan. The bad guy Daniel Bryan, who is basically like a tree hugger, hippie. A mean tree hugger. Yeah. A tree hugger with an attitude. Yes. He'll, he'll punch you in the face about loving his trees. Um, of course, the women's triple threat match that has been all over the news as being the first women's match to ever headline WrestleMania. Uh, Ronda Rousey right, uh, fighting Charlotte Flair, fighting uh, Becky Lynch. And then Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, who has been WWE champ, like he's in the top 10 all time in terms of days held for the title. With probably the fewest number of matches. Yeah, he's definitely what we would refer to as a part-timer. Um, that match actually starts the show. Uh, the, the, the show starts with what might be the low point of the show, where host Alexa Bliss tells us she has a surprise for us. And out comes Hulk, I like to say the N-word, Hogan. Yeah, can we, can we return surprises... Oh, like, I mean, you know, the, they, if they, you get a gift receipt, uh, but the, you know, people have re- they they always build WrestleMania moments like something memorable that right, happens right. Like each WrestleMania. I wish I could forget that. Yeah, can we give that one back? You can have that moment back. The Hulkster is. I'm good. I'm good. Agreed. Agreed. But while we're watching that, strolling past Hulk. Is one portly individual. My name is Paul Paul Heyman. Heyman. And he brings out his client. The reigning. Defending. Undisputed. Undisputed. Universal champion. Universal champion. Brock Lesnar. Um, A match that we figured would be one of the final matches of the show. Turns out to be match number one. And it's about three minutes long. Yeah. Ref gets knocked out. Seth Seth Rollins hits Lesnar in the ding-ding. Three curb stomps. Three curb stomps. Which is Seth Rollins' signature finisher, which basically foot on the neck three times. Plant plant face into ground. Three times. Three times. One, two, three. Seth Rollins is new Universal Champion. 
That's right. Which has been a long time coming. People have been waiting to see who will defeat Brock Lesnar. He has beat a litany of the top of the top of the WWE. So it was uh, something fans have been waiting for. The match we did not think we would get the winner we wanted out of. Because if there's anything Vince has shown us over the years, is he'll give us a little bit of what we want. He won't give you everything. But he's not you giving want. you everything. He gave us everything. He gave um, us all. And we'll get everything. there. Well, okay. He gave us like ninety percent of. What he did. We he wanted. did. There were some other surprises. Samoa Joe, who's a phenomenal wrestler, fights one Rey Mysterio, squashes in him. a match that's only like a minute long. Now, admittedly, Mysterio is getting over an ankle injury that probably played into this. Um, but it, it's a good showing for Joe. Then we had another borderline. I guess it wasn't quite a squash match, but a little shorter than we expected with uh, Finn Balor and Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Lashley for the IC title. Lashley comes out wearing some some funny-looking contacts, contacts to yeah. make him look a little evil because on the opposite side is not just Finn Balor, John. It's Demon Balor. It is Demon Balor. Who is undefeated. Undefeated in WWE competition. Um, and, of course, that streak continued with this show. I think it was a fine length of a match. You know, last time we saw the Demon, he came out and squashed Baron Corbin. In like 30 seconds. In like 30 seconds. But Bobby Lashley still looked strong he did. at he did. the end of this match. He got in some good offense against the Demon, uh, which practically nobody ever does. So it was good stuff. Um, we had, what else was there? I'm trying to think. We had a really surprising, but in a good way, women's four-way tag title match. Yeah, we did. Where the up-and-coming, really rookies to main card, at least, Iconics, two Australian wrestlers. Who are hilarious. They're hilarious. Their gimmick is kind of being high-pitched, loud. Mean girls. Mean girls, yeah. That'd be the way to put it. Um, Watch some of their non-TV promos, and they're hilarious um, when they're going around backstage to show off the belts and their new uh, stuff on the belts. Um, So that was a bit of a surprise to watch them win, but it was a good surprise. It was good. I mean... Um, uh, when you look at it, in, in hindsight, looking at it, they're the only ones in that group that that, that have an upward trajectory. trajectory. Yeah, yeah. Two of them, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, have really been at the top. They're established. They're like established. You can always go back to them. Yeah. Uh, Beth Phoenix came out of retirement to wrestle this match. There was, in theory, like that was good. That was a good WrestleMania moment kind yeah. of picture to be with Natty, her one of her best friends. Tamina and my, Nia Jax, they're the bad guys. These like, larger-than-life, like just, just hard-to-beat monster heels. So the, it kind of it kind of automatically shifted it towards the Iconics. It just didn't seem like they would go in that direction. Yeah, not at Mania. It felt not at WrestleMania or not right now because yeah. they they've only been they got called up last Mania. Called up meaning going from NXT to main roster. Yeah, um, for those not in the know. So it was a big surprise, but a good one. Um, the last couple things worth mentioning from the show. One, the last in-ring match of one Kurt Angle. Um, and as is typical for WWE history, you go out on your back. You go out on your back and, and he loses sure to Baron Corbin. And a pretty, not, not a very long match. No, no. Well, Angle can't quite go like he used to. Yeah, um, right. But it happens. And then we, to cut to one of the, the kind of sub-main events, which could have easily main evented Mania. Uh, Daniel Bryan, who we've mentioned previously, probably one of the top ten wrestlers in the world. Um, smaller guy, a lot of backstory of him, you know, being the typical underdog. And when he got the belt this time, he turned heel, which means bad guy, um, with this whole tree hugger, you know, you're all evil for what you do to this country for eating meat and the like, yada, yada. Yeah, vegan, it's because it's so much better. Yeah, yeah, just superiority kind of complex thing. Yeah. Uh, facing off against Kofi Kingston, who's been with the WWE for 11 years. 
Um, was borderline jobber at one point as he was like this Jamaican stereotype. Um, built his way up to kind of be a mid-carder after that. Um, joined the New Day, one of the most popular groups in WWE history at this point, really. Yeah. Um, and has been quite popular with that and finally got a chance at the WWE title, um, which is kind of unheard of in, um, in for multiple reasons. One, he's kind of small. Um, two, he's been a lifelong mid-carder. It's rare that those guys get the last push. And then the big storyline of it, but truth of it, is he's black. Um, there have not been there been there's a, been one part black WWE champion and it was the ever rock. and that was the Rock and we all know that race rules don't apply to the Rock um, so they've kind of played up the storyline and the whole belief going again was they can't have Kofi lose this match because if they do it's a bad look it's extremely bad for Vince and I don't think he wants that problem no no he does not now, especially not as good as the WWE stocks doing right now and everything else um, and we were not disappointed Kofi Kingston wins. His first world title in 11 years. It is truly an emotional moment. You can see his tag team partners in the New Day visibly crying in the ring as he won. Um, they cut afterwards. If you went to like Instagram and the like, you saw previous wrestlers, specifically those of African-American heritage, um, crying openly on Instagram at this kind of monumental moment for WWE. It, it was amazing and like the complete uh, high point of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. So we get a couple more matches after that. None of them really of, of note. The, the big dog wins. Big I dog mean, beats Drew McIntyre. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. Um, so nothing too of note until we get to the main event. First women's match to ever main event WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey. Charlotte Flair. Becky Lynch. The man. This Becky ha- The man, Becky Lynch. This, is, this match has been building literally probably close to six months now. Yeah, six months. Um, from when it was originally supposed to be just a highlight of SummerSlam, which is, or not SummerSlam, Survivor Series, back in November, when uh, Rousey and Becky were supposed to have a match. Becky got her nose broke by Nia Jax, for real, because um, Nia Jax don't know how to pull shit. That was a shoot. That was a shoot. Uh, she really got her nose broke. You can see the pictures. There's real blood. Um so they insert Charlotte Flair into this to make it even more over the top. They give her the SmackDown Heavyweight Championship, uh, Women's Heavyweight Championship. You've got, or I guess it's not heavyweight. It's, it's just Women's, women's Championship. And then on the other side, you've got Ronda Rousey, the Raw Champion, who has looked almost unstoppable. You've got Becky Lynch, who has been just using weaponry to beat both their asses all around the stadium for the past couple months. And we get a, a decent match. It's not great. It could have been better. It could have. It could have. It could have been better. Um, but there were some good moments. There were some good moments. Some definitely good spots, or just good. You know, for those that's just just good moments to to showcase some highlight some, real type moments. Yes, um, highlight real moments. Uh, a spot fest is a term to mean a match that just does a lot of over the top stuff, but there's no real story being told. Some people see it as a negative. Some don't. Uh, this I don't know that this was quite a spot fest. Um, but it was a good match. The ending, though, there's been some contention. Yeah, I'm but the not ending really... was what those in the business like to call botched, which means something screwed up. We talked about it. At, we talked about at it after, length. after it happened. And the at more I length. think about it, this is the exact ending we were going to get. Like, so our our good friend and friend of the show, Michael Flowers. Sup, Flowers? Um, Sup, Playboy? Contends that it was a fairly atrocious ending. I mean, in in the terms of how matches end, yeah. I mean, just from a technical stamp, to me, from a technical standpoint, yeah, it it it, it looked horrible. Eh, 
I think there was a slight botch angle to it. I'll yeah. talk about it shortly. Uh, but that it was a fine ending, and I'll, it's a fine I'll ending. justify my my. No, my I don't. Remarks. I don't agree. You don't that. need to, but uh, I know I don't need to to you. But I'll uh, explain. I'll explain why a lot of people were, ups- yeah, were yeah. upset about it. So the the ending of the the whole storyline has been Ronda Rousey toward the end of this started revealing wrestling for what it is, fake. She says, and that she could legit break their arms, etc. Well, Becky Lynch's finisher happens to be an arm bar uh, called the Disarm Her, um, where she puts you in an arm bar, you tap out. So the logical ending would be if you want to show Becky Lynch's superiority, you have her tap Ronda Rousey out. Yes. Um, the ending had uh, the the supposed to ending that we've heard rumors was supposed to be the ending was Becky Lynch tapping Charlotte Flair out, which does get the tap out angle right, but the wrong target right and then and the the kind of the philosophy the psychology behind that is yes ronda rousey is this unbeatable force and if you have becky tap her out that kind of shatters the glass on that so charlotte flair is in the match one to take the to eat the pin like, or the tap out or yeah, the tap whatever. out in this sense that way yeah becky reaches her goal Rhonda still protected. Yes. That feud can still go on because now Rhonda can say when she decides to come back because she's taking a little break for now, I think. Yeah. She can come back. You didn't tap me out. Right. You tapped out Charlotte. So you have we still have beef so we can handle that beef. So later Slam, Survivor Series, Next Mania. To generate even more money and more interest. So that's the thinking behind that. Well, so, what ha- happened was... What ha- happened was... Uh, I guess one of Ronda's signature moves is kind of like a judo throw oh, kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. she was she was setting Becky up to do that. Uh, she had Becky on her shoulders. Becky reverses the move into a backslide crucifix pinning maneuver, which basically means she had her arms and legs wrapped around Ronda's arms, uh, kind of like Ronda would be in a crucifix style pose. Um, and she wraps around her arms like that and then rolls her back to where her shoulders are on the mat. And then the ref counts one, two, three. Becky wins. She's the Becky two belts now. Oh, Becky two belts. Uh, the, the only controversy from that standpoint is where both of her shoulders down. So you can probably go with that angle too. You can. That's something um, they can build into. That's one you can't really come back to. Because what, what John's referencing is uh, when the ref counted one Rhonda's shoulders were clearly not on the ground. Um, two and three, she was down. Um, it might have been a botch. I've heard one or two reporters say that might have been playing that way so that they can set up this future Rhonda-Becky angle um, for whenever Rhonda decides to come back. But that is the one aspect of it that is botched. Yes. Um, for sure. But the debate Flowers and I were having whether that was an adequate ending or not, um, I think it's perfectly fine. I think it takes the angle of Becky being resourceful and winning how she has to win. Yeah, which um, is fine. I realize I'm not, you know, a UFC fighter. I realize I'm not as big as Charlotte Flair, so I got to do what I got to do to win. Yes, she naturally built up all this, all this momentum, all this steam. She and she only said, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take your belt from you." She want her. We wanted her to tap out Ronda. We we should have realized we weren't going to get that. We should have, and it was a pie in the sky. But we get the ultimate ending we want, which is Becky Lynch. Becoming Becky Two Belts and being the man. Literally, she's on well, top. Well, not, not literally the man, though. She's on top. She's got both belts. She's she on does. both brands. She does. But she's the man, but not a man. Basically. So, yeah. thoughts overall of Mania? Uh, if I had to grade Mania, I mean, it's uh, it, this Mania holds holds good because it's one of the first ones I've gotten to watch with, one, with a group. 
I've been to the past two live. Um, that it's a good WrestleMania experience. Just in general, it's a grind in person. But at home, but at home you have bathrooms. You have bathrooms. You have we couches. Had, we had uh, raising canes. You had raising canes. Ready drinks. Like ready drinks. Good company. Good company. So that, that and Jared and Jared. Hey Jared. <laughs> hey Jared. Um, so yeah. So I mean, it, it's a great experience. So you give it on a one of ten. Seven. A seven. I would say a seven to an eight. Um, I think historically we're going to look back at it favorably because of the firsts, because of Kofi, because of the first women's Because of Rollins, because of everything we wanted exactly. to happen. Yes. Uh, aside, aside, from, happened. aside from maybe like Angle winning would have been maybe the one thing. Well, we know you go out on your but back. But you go out on your back. That's typical. Taker went out, in theory, on his back, although he's not out. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a great weekend overall. What would you say was your uh, what was the what was the best show of the weekend? Oh, the best show of the weekend was NXT Takeover. That, that's fair. I would agree with that. Favorite show of the weekend. My favorite show of the weekend was I mean was was WrestleMania. Like, that's fair. I think to me Mania and SuperCard are kind of neck and neck. Um, just the the over the top wrestling ability of the guys in New Japan was is is hard to overcome. That was good to be sprinkled in. Just uh, like uh, uh, Okada matches, just yeah, are just from, they're are works of works art. They're of works art. of art. They absolutely are. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Little uh, little wrestling for you this week. I realize if you're not a wrestling fan, you may have found this completely boring. Or we may have just sparked your interest. And Maybe make so. You, wanna, you know, you can get a free 30 day trial at WWE Network and just start streaming. Stuff. And if you like it enough. $9.99 a month. Yeah. And it's yours. Pay-per-views free. Pay-per-views are included. All of their backlog. So even if you're not a fan of the current product, but you're a big fan of Stone Cold. You or can a big go back fan and watch it. OG Hogan. OG. You can go back and watch it. You can go watch old WCW stuff if yeah. that was your flavor. You can go watch old jam. like AWA stuff. Like they've You can go back a, and watch some serious ECW. So, and they've got a lot of original programming too. Yeah, that's really it's, cool. Ride Along a, and Table for Three. That's not even wrestling. Shows live in ring stuff right so if right, that's right. if we piqued your interest give it a shot if you if you know us and got questions hit Ask. us up we would be glad and we, we are be, always talking and not about just wrestling. that there's no better way to experience wrestling than when a group than with a group of fun people so man if you're ever interested in like come and watching a show with us we would be glad to make that happen i will say john is a very gracious host um, at his at his house for such things, and my apartment, while slightly smaller, would also be a phenomenal location to do such things. So if you do want to join me and John for some wrestling, his address. <laughs> let's not do that. Well, let's not. Do it. Let's not do it. <laughs> gotta so, have dinner first. Got, yeah, dinner first. But seriously, uh, and I think kind of talking about that, this that might be a good show to eventually do too. Is like a, a wrestling one hundred and one. You could do that. Like, to try to get people who might kind of be interested, like Brad, who's yeah. shown a little bit of interest, to maybe pull them on in. Fish them in there. Fish them on in. We're talking about you, War Shower. Go ahead and give in. Hey, Brad. Yeah. Become a fan of Adam Cole. Too sweet. Adam Cole. Hey, man. There we go. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Wait, that's not ours. No, that's not God, ours. no. Sorry, guys. Don't put Larson, Steve, please don't sue us. Please don't sue us. But we seriously, you. thank you for tuning in to Small Talk with Big Al. Hopefully you found at least a little bit of this interesting, maybe piqued your interest in to get into wrestling. But as always, make sure you tune in next week where finally we will get to talk to Steve-O as promised. I love Steve-O. We get to hear Steve-O's backstory and how he got to where he is today. His origin story? Yeah, basically it's going to be a continuation of that whole uh, how to get out okay. story. Steve-O's going to do his. All right. So it should be good. Sounds thank you all, guys. See you later. Bye.